everybody. Welcome back to the Hayden, Alabama podcast. I'm Philip. I'm Brad. And we have a very special guest today, Beth O'Rear. And we're so happy to have her. She's going to give so much value and meaning to our audience today. So y'all are in for a treat. Uh, something very new today. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Beth. So I originally grew up in Hayden. I'm from this area. Um, graduated in 1996, a long time ago. And um, grew up. Uh, like I said, in the area, I have a sister, and we grew up farming, uh, raising cattle, and vegetable gardening. Um, at some point, um, I guess I was about in seventh grade, we started truck farming. You were a part of some of that. I was Phillip, a part of that. You can remember some of those summers. Um, and then went to Jeff State, uh, got an associate's in science, transferred to Auburn, and got um, my bachelor's in ornamental horticulture. Um, worked for a landscape contracting company mm-hmm. uh, down 280 landscape services they've been in business for about uh, uh, I guess as of right now maybe about 55 years wow. so they've been in business a really long time I was there for 10 years uh, doing all their purchasing so I would travel around um, nurseries in the state and around the southeast buying trees and shrubs for our landscape install jobs um, and then I started with extension um, with Alabama extension in 2011 and have been there ever since. So, so you're primarily at the extension. Yes. And that was since 2000. Well, let, let's reverse a little bit because you brought some memories up just real quick. So your dad is Denny Armstrong. So brother Denny Armstrong yes. at Hayden he, Church of God. Right, has been there 41 years, I think. Did That's he a, used to go out and, and fertilize people's uh, farmland? Ah, oh, I remember him coming to see my grandfather. He had a Small cattle farm and, and warrior. Okay. Old warrior is me. Johnny Crane. Oh, I remember riding in the truck with Dad when really? we were spreading lime in the pasture. Well, he, he yep. thought a lot of your dad. Yep. Well, it, Brother Dean's a good man. But let's go back to that. So I did. I remember tillering tomatoes for him up there by Gethsemane Baptist yes. Church. So I remember doing that. But let's talk about the, the truck gardening. Yep. So y'all used to set up in the same spot every year. Where were you? We were in Warrior. Um, this could under- be Midtown, Brad. Midtown. So, mid-town. Okay. so it <laughs> downtown was warrior. absolutely downtown, okay. right on Main Street. Um, it is a law office now, but there used to be a giant oak tree right beside McCurry Furniture. And before I could drive, my granddad would take me and Rebecca yeah. over there um, every day uh, except for Sunday. And we would set up and sell vegetables underneath that oak tree. There was yep. city, or public parking right there. And so then whenever I you know, was old enough to drive. We kept doing that until, I guess, until I uh, almost out of Auburn. That's a great memory. Yep. It's so been a long so time. that's what truck farming is. You just yep. sell the stuff out of the truck. Yep. Okay. I was sitting there thinking y'all were like raising carburetors or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, y'all yeah. sat there all day. Uh, well, until about lunchtime, and then we'd go home and gather because we, when it, everything was really producing, um, we'd yeah. gather a truckload and go to the market farmer's market on Finley Avenue and sell that morning. And then we would come back and sell in warrior. So we would finish up uh, at Finley, you know, maybe five in the morning and then we would come and pick another round and set up in warrior until about noon. Yeah. So let's, let's real quick. We don't, I mean, I'm not trying to get hung up here, but just some life lessons you learned from that. Um, hard work. Absolutely. The value of hard work. Right producing something right and seeing it all the way through so would you take that back oh absolutely not it's part of who i am today Mm -hmm. i mean 
my job now is a big part of it is teaching others how to do that. And so I have the boots on the ground experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Literally. Yes. Um, and I wouldn't trade a second of it. That's a good word. Yeah. I think we could do we, I, th- I think in our in our society, I'm not trying to get political or whatever, but I think in our society today, we, we have kind of gone away from, we're seeing the results of going away from really highlighting and showcasing, promoting all those words, just hard work. Right. And the va- and, and it being a beautiful thing. Produ- right. Giving your effort and producing a product, and that's good. Hey, kids make fun of you now for, for working hard. Right. Oh, yeah. They call yeah. you a sweat and a try hard. I, I've learned that from having boys really? over here. Yeah. That's a, the I, hadn't heard, sweat, I hadn't heard that. Sweat. And that's what they mean. They're, yeah. they're down or speaking yeah. negatively about somebody that works right. hard. That's a bad place to be. In, yeah, guys. so evidently the the pendulum has shifted towards their being more lazy and that being acceptable or promoted. Yes. That's not good. So No, not at all. And and the other thing about it is if you don't learn how to deal with difficulty when you're growing up, how are you going to learn how are you going to be able to deal with difficulty when you're a mom or when you're a dad or when you're a husband or when you're a wife or when you don't get the job or how do you adjust to life if you've never had to overcome adversity and push through hard stuff? It's better to overcome it early when you can't cause such great damage right, absolutely. with you not being able to deal with it. And when nobody else is depending on you. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. That's good. Well, that's that a was heavy. a bonus. Hey, that was a little <laughs> bonus to start this show there. Okay, well, I just had to relive that warrior part. Oh, absolutely. So Lots of fun. So good. All right, well, so 2011, you start with the Extension Center, and maybe just... Walk us through what has that, how has that been great for you? How, what have you really enjoyed about this role at the Extension Center? Um, so just, there may be a lot of folks who aren't real, who aren't really sure what Extension is. Yeah, so the then. Alabama Cooperative Extension System is the outreach arm of the land grant institutions, um, in Alabama. Well, every state in the nation has a land grant institution. Um, and that was established through the federal government over a hundred years ago. Uh, in Alabama, we actually have two. So it's Auburn University and Alabama A&M. And then mm. we have a private partnership with Tuskegee. And so we work on lots of different things. And I mean, that's just a lot of um, jargon for saying we take the research at the university level and get it out to the stakeholders of Alabama. So, you know, years ago, it looked totally different. Obviously, there would be an extension train and all the agents would get on the train and they would travel and all the farmers and the homemakers and everybody would come and they would listen to the what's new. No, that's how it used to work. Obviously, the methodology, methodology has changed and we're texting and we're webinars and we're sending videos, but it's still the same mission. We're getting wow. that information out. And we're taxpayer funded, so you guys need to utilize us because you're paying, you're paying for it. Right. Let, let me ask you if, sure. if this is a, a service. Let's say that um, a person has some kind of, you know, on, on their land, something naturally occurs, sinkhole. Mm-hmm. They have a sinkhole problem. Things just keep falling through or some other kind of natural occurrence. Do they provide assistance or any kind of, you know, finding a solution to the problem? Yeah, so if we don't necessarily have an agent that we might talk to somebody who deals with, um, you know, water issues or whatever. Mm-hmm. So if we can't remedy that, then we have contacts with all of the additional um, uh like NRCS and different specialists on campus. We should be able to put you in touch with the right person. Okay. Yep. Well, I may be giving you a call soon. Okay. <laughs> 
That'd be fine. I thought that was kind of a specific question. It was. <laughs> well, <laughs> hypothetically, yeah. just in case you were going to the front yard and you just fell in a hole, uh, could you help me? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we should be able oh, to good. do Thank that. Thank you. That's hilarious. All right, so that's it. So that gives a little bit of a background. Anything yeah. else you want to say? That was a really neat thing, the, the train and going oh, yeah. around. That is neat. Anything else about the Extension Center that you think somebody at home would like to know before we go to the specific? We have three specific topics today. Okay. So we got lawn care, vegetable gardening. That's right. And then flowers slash shrubs. All encompassing um, ornamental things. Landscape. landscape. Mm -hmm. So those are three years. Anything else about the extension center before we kick kick off on that? Well, you had asked kind of what I guess what it had meant to me. I really enjoy what I do every day. Every day's different. And Mm -hmm. so it's stuff like this. I'll get a phone call, you know, how do I prune my camellia? When do I transplant my azalea? Hey, I've got fire ants. What should I do about it? (laughs) Yeah, Um, that's a great question. Yeah, and it's a little early, but we can talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you manage them. You can't really ever get rid of them all all of them. Uh, all the way but anyway um so so it's just something different every day um and I really like sharing what we've learned um and just trying to help folks I mean that's what we I perceive that I do every day is just try to help people and so that I mean I really enjoy it couldn't ask for a better job that's awesome yep all right all right, now our first section is going to be lawn care. So just, you know everything. So just take the wheel here. <laughs> I don't know everything. Take us into lawn care. What do, does anybody that cares about their grass, what are some key things for them right now, March 19th? So um, we're actually kind of in between. Okay. Um, you had asked earlier about pre-emergence and how to know mm-hmm. what and when. Um, typically we look at that mid to late February, depending on the weather. Mm -hmm. Um, but one marker that you can use, and it's something that isn't specific to dates. And that kind of lets you know, if you're familiar with forsythia, um, it's an old fashioned plant. Sometimes it's called yellow bells. It Mm -hmm. blooms before Mm -hmm. it puts leaves on. When you see that plant blooming, you need to put your pre-emergent down. So there it is. I say that word again. Would you mind saying it again? Which verse? Which What's the plant for called? C- Forsythia. Forsythia. For, for, <laughs> well, who is Cynthia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you see the Forsythia blooming, Forsythia. I said it yeah, wrong. Yeah, Brad got it. Forsythia. There's no M. Okay. Sorry. Right. Uh, Forsythia. Won't you? Won't we let the pro Brad say it? Yes. <laughs> for, Sith. Yeah. Okay. When you see that blooming, which is yes. yellow, right. then it's time for pre-emergence. Yes. That's the big takeaway from that. Absolutely. Um, and then it's really important to know um, what type of turf grass you have. Not all pre-emergence are the same. Okay. Some are more specific to Bermuda grass, zoysia grass. Some are specific to centipede grass. Mm-hmm. Um, really important to read your label and make sure that you apply appropriately as far as the right timing, um, the right amounts, mm-hmm. and then they all require being watered in. So you put it down right before a rain, or either you're going to need to water it in yourself. Okay. Because they have to have that um, moisture to kind of wash them down into where they're supposed to be so they can do what they're supposed to do. I'm glad you said that because I was reading that on the bag, and I thought, this is very subjective. So do I go out there with a hose and just literally just a few seconds on each spot, or are we talking about? No, I mean, it's going to need the equivalent of about a half inch. Really? Yes. Yeah, I so would you want to put it put down before it rain. Uh, yeah. There you go. So there's yeah. pro tip number two. Right. Don't worry about 
hosing it in. That's right. Just do it right before the rain. Right. And we had also talked about weed and feeds. And weed and feed products are different than mm. pre-emergence. Yeah. Um, with weed and feed, we never really recommend using those here in this climate. Because if you put it down early enough to um, kill the weeds, then you're fertilizing your warm season turf grass way too early. If you wait until it's time to fertilize the turf grass, you're missing the window for weed seed germination. Mm -hmm. So that's what she shared that with me. I had no clue. So I'll be taking mine back because uh, I have not opened it yet, which is <laughs> I'm very thankful because I couldn't. I didn't know the water question. Yeah, that's why I didn't put it out because I thought. See, well, I just saved you. So now we get to credit the credit card back there a little bit. Uh, well, speaking of grass, what's this kind that it's like? It's like trying to cut through a wire. It forks at the top. Is Bahia. that the Bahia? Well, however you say that. Yes. Am I saying that right? Bahia? You are. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's a it's more of a turf grass. I mean, excuse okay. me, more of a forage type grass, uh, pasture grass than it is um, turf grass. Okay. It's I think it loves this area. Yeah. Oh, it does. Yeah. You could have mock threes on your lawnmower, and I don't think it, it once it got up at least that tall mm -hmm. that it would cut I, it. I've tried everything. My wife, who's from West Virginia, you know, she's a got a little bit of mountain goat in her. She's grazed it. <laughs> I've cut it, and it's just it's violent. It seems like it spreads and takes And it over. grows so fast. Yes. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons that they'll use it. They'll use it to kind of, um, like, if you've got a bare area, they'll put it, it's in a seed mix. But, yeah, it's it can be okay. rough. I don't like it either. Uh, I'm just not a fan. All right, what else from a, from a lawn perspective? What would be anything else super helpful right now for anybody? Well, um, if you're not sure... Um, you know, what your lawn needs. We recommend soil testing about every three years. Okay. So if you've got a problem area, maybe your grass, turf grass isn't doing what it's supposed to do. It doesn't mm -hmm. look like you want it to. Um, it could be uh, a nutrient deficiency. And so when you do a soil test, and you can pick those soil test kits up at any local extension That's what office. That's I was going to ask you. Yep. Pick them up at the extension office. They're free. Um, now, you do, the, the processing of the sample isn't free. So you'll mail it to Auburn with a check for $10, and they'll process the sample. They'll email your report back. And then if you have questions, you contact your agent. And for all of you all in Blunt County or Jefferson or St. Clair, I'm that person. So. All right. Well, that's a, that, and maybe that'll be a final question for the lawn part. So, say I want to get, I want to go pick up a sample on Monday. Where do I go? Um, so in Blunt County, yeah, Hayden. We're talking about the Hayden people. Yes, Hayden people. Well, um, yeah. So the probably the easiest thing to do is you'll just go to the Blunt County Extension Office, which is where, uh, which is in our temporary <laughs> I don't even know. home. I've got nothing. Unfortunately, in our temporary home, um, which is off of uh, Highway seventy five. I had to think a second. Um, we're behind the Blunt County Health Department in Oneana. Okay. Now, we will be moving to a new facility in Cleveland, fingers crossed, by oh, nice. August. Closer. Um, and wonderful. We cannot wait. Um, so, there will be a big multi-purpose um, ag-friendly um, facility Check this in out. Cleveland. So, yeah. Hopefully, right. we'll be in there by August. Well, is this the one that's out there? Like, if you go to the stop sign there by the gravelly place and you take a right... Right out there on the left. They're building that yep. up. If you haven't been out there, that's gonna that's yep. quite a quite a lot of tin going up in there. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. There's gonna be a, a arena, and it's gonna be fantastic. Well, how many how many loads of dirt did they bring in to build all that? I up? have no idea. Unbelievable. And the weather has not cooperated, <laughs> but they're still pushing through. So all right. Well, Thank there's your cross. field trip. If you're looking for something to do tomorrow, and you haven't <laughs> seen the new ag center, you can go out there and check that out. I've got one last long care question before we move on to the gardening. 
uh, talking about the, the direction that you cut. Yep. Um, I, I'm a traditional, just go around. I do the NASCAR route. Okay. I just keep doing laps and laps. I know people, they, they treat their, their lawns like their children. Mm-hmm. I, I treat it like it, I've got two hours. I got some gas. I got to take care of this because I got other things to do. Um, what is the difference versus people cutting in, blowing out, going diagonal, trying to get the lanes or the lines in their yard? What What is the best way to cut for, for growth? And I know that the discharge that comes out, a lot of times I'll have to run over and, and cut it down and blow it out again because you just have all this dead grass laying on top of your live grass. It turns brown, and then it looks like garbage underneath it if you don't take care of it. What's what's your advice on cutting pattern? Okay, so that's a really big question. Okay. Um, so part of that is you never want to cut more than a third of the height of your blade so you don't have a ton of th- that, just what you call all those grass okay. clippings. All right, so that's ideally. But now when you're working like we are, we're mm-hmm. cutting, in, and so we just do it when we can. Mm-hmm. But if you were going to do it perfectly, you would make sure that you cut on a regular schedule. Um, I would alternate. So this time you're going to go in straight lines back and forth. The next time you cut it, you uh, rotate that 90 degrees. Mm. And then the next time you cut it, you go diagonal so that you're not creating wheel ruts mowing in the same pattern oh, every yeah. single time. Okay. So those nice pretty lines are not exactly cut lines. It could be rut lines. No, possibly. no, no. Those are cut lines. But I'm just saying if you go in the same direction every okay. single time you mow over time, your tires, you're going to you're gonna yeah. wear the turf down and you're going to start seeing it thin out in those areas. Okay. I'll be. Yep. That's high tech. That, yep. that might be what happened to our hair. Like we've been cutting in the same pattern and it's starting to wear thin in other places that it used to not it's almost a desolation yeah man if i could go back and redo it i think that's more calendar than method okay like Mm. you know my my passing too many birthdays personal exactly okay yeah i got you yeah good good tip on the grass cutting i'll I'll probably forget and have to go back and that's okay ask you to correct like hey beth why is my grass yellow over here that's right. It's not because of my three boys and what they do in the front yard. It's because mm. of the way I cut it. Right, so. right. <laughs> Maybe it's a combination. That's right. It could be where Ashley spits her tobacco. Could be. Ooh. Could be. So, all right. There you go. Well, all right. Well, thank you for those uh, those yard tips for sure. us. Seth. That's good. All right. Now for our second area, vegetable gardens. So we all like to eat. Give us the best tips. So where do we want to start out uh, for those? Because we're almost there. Getting close. Breaking ground. Uh, some people already have. Well, maybe I'm behind. Maybe, but that's okay. But that's okay. It is. So maybe let's just talk about that. When's the best time to break some ground? When do we need to be thinking of what? Do we need to know about when to put those seeds in the ground? Maybe some fertilizer tips. What, what, just bless the people. So first, just because you can, that means you should. Mm, okay, so my tip go. for this is just because you can find tomato transplants at the hardware store, at the co-op, at the feed and seed, it is way too cold to put those Uh-oh. in the ground. Way too cold. Absolutely. And not just Especially today. Well, yes, yes. But you know, it was like 70 degrees last week and everybody right. gets the awesome. itch. And, right. So, um, but... It's more about soil temperature than it is about air temperature. Air temperature temperature is important, but even when we have those really warm days where it's 70, 70 plus degrees, mm-hmm. the soil's still really cool. 
Um, and so if you plant those plants, tomatoes are tropical plants. They love hot. Mm-hmm. And if you put those roots in cold soils, they're just going to sit there. And if they sit there for too long, the plant will be stunted and it'll either die or it'll never grow out of it. So you really need to wait. Ideally, um, a tomato, bare minimum, they want the soil temperature about 75 degrees. Oh, wow. And we're a ways away from that. I suppose to say, no doubt. Yeah. And so that's another thing with a lot of our warm season vegetables. Now, you talked about people breaking grounds. It, hopefully, if you're going to plant potatoes, you've already gotten those in. Mm-hmm. Um, some people do like an early spring garden. So they've got lettuces and spinach and broccoli and cauliflower. All of that stuff is either about to be planted or has been planted. Um, but we really want to wait on our summer things mm-hmm. until April 15th. People, you and I had talked April earlier. April 15th. That's right. Don't Not miss Good Friday. That. Not Good Friday. Tax day. That's right. That's right. the only good thing about April 15th right. is you can plant your garden. So. Wow. Um, but, you know, people used to say Good Friday. But if no. you think about it, Good Friday bounces around the calendar. So mm-hmm. it could be in late March. It may be early April. Mm-hmm. Um, so a good marker is April 15th. That's our last average frost date in Alabama, in this area of Alabama. And that's the driving force of that yes. recommendation? Yes, absolutely. Well, let yeah. me ask you this before we move on, and I forget because my dad had a question for you. Okay. Strawberry plants. He's got some, and he's wanting to get them in the ground. I don't know. Is that a good, is now a good time for strawberry plants or no? Yeah, you can actually plant um, – it depends on the kind of strawberry, and and so, um, but yeah, I think he'll be fine. Go ahead, and getting them in okay. now, because right. um, they're a perennial type plant, and so there's a lot of other things that he'll need to work on. We might need to talk about that later. Offline. So yeah, okay. mm-hmm. but it is yeah, it's okay. yeah. yes, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely, yep. All right. What about so we we talked about we've covered we should, the ground is okay to break yep. that. We're not putting any seeds in the ground to April 15th. Depending, except for p- yeah, potatoes and right. the, the early plants. Right. Strawberries are okay. What else for my gardeners out there, my vegetable gardeners? I would encourage them to do a soil test too. Um, it's good to do that once again about every three years just mm-hmm. to make sure, especially if you've never gardened that area before. Um, when the pandemic hit, more people started gardening than has ever. I mean, it's a yep. huge increase nationally. And a lot of those folks are still gardening. So, and people keep coming on and it's gaining in popularity. And so if you <laughs> Grocery never, prices yeah, yes. help it gain in popularity too. That is true. But I will say, if you think you're going to save a ton of money gardening, I'm going to tell you you're not. But... I hurt my feelings. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, if you do everything that you need to do, right? Yeah. But... Um, but there's some satisfaction in the fact that, one, you grew it. Two, you know what you put on it. I'm not anti-pesticide, but I really want to know what I've put on it and what it's yeah. been treated with. Um, and then three, one of the major benefits is it's never going to be any fresher than when you walk outside, harvest it, and then mm-hmm. you put it on your plate. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot to be said for that. Um, and then sustainability, just hey, I'm going to try to learn how to do that and supplement so that yes. you are supplementing that grocery bill and kind of helping. And mm-hmm. we teach our kids to work, so I think that I'm about convinced to do that. Mm-hmm. We'll go back to what you said earlier about, you know, growing up that way. Yep. Um, we we despised it. My, I talked to you about my grandfather. Um, all the other kids were excited to get out of school. Me and my brother, we kind of, we knew what was happening. <laughs> my grandfather, yeah. he retired as a, as a school administrator from Mount Olive. And he knew the calendar, and everybody else was all happy to go home, go swimming, go ride bikes, whatever. And we were just kind of, you know, Papa's sitting there with a 
with a push plow and a tiller. We <laughs> and a list a mile long. Yes, <laughs> and so we kind of had a resentment towards gardening. Like, why, why, why are we out here? It's, it's four hundred degrees. Uh, this can of peas costs thirty cents at Piggly Wiggly. Why, why don't we just go up there and get some? But now, I'm starting to say, hey, he was onto something. Mm-hmm. Oh no, doubt. so I, I think. But if if you want to go ahead and if you want to get in that habit of of being a, a gardener seeds that you mm-hmm. save yourself so you don't want to have to rely on if there's ever some kind of shortage or you just never 2020 taught us a lot expect the unexpected right uh if you want to save your own seeds can you freeze those yeah so and you can even um you can save your own and freeze them mm-hmm. i also order um i tend to be like whenever the, and the seed companies they're marketing geniuses because the seed catalogs come out right after christmas oh yeah but when it's cold and wet and everybody's kind of done with Christmas, there's really nothing to look forward to except spring. And it's so then that's when you get that beautiful catalog and you're flipping through. And before I know it, I've got like 10 different peppers and 12 different tomatoes, you know, seeds that are coming. And so I tend to order extra. And so then any that you don't plant, you can store in the freezer too. Okay. Yep. For next season. So, um, but with saving your own seed, you just have to make sure that the varieties that you're trying to save are open pollinated. Um, so no hybrid seeds, they're not going to come back true. So if I plant a, you know, a, a mountain fresh tomato and I take that tomato and I harvest it and I, you know, get the seeds out and, and ferment them and let them do their thing. If I plant it, I'm not going to get the same mountain fresh tomato whenever will I plant you, it. Will it, will you get a tomato? I mean, obviously not going to get a potato. Right. But <laughs> Although they I are thought, in the same family. Did you know that? Anyway, go ahead. No, Same I didn't know that. Family. I didn't they know are. that. Uh-huh. Didn't know that. <laughs> will you get a plant will. that will actually produce you will, a tomato? But you don't know if the fruit's going to taste right for whatever reason. That plant was genetically or was hybridized. Mm-hmm. I hate to use the word GMOs because it freaks everybody out. But I mean, if we think about it, anytime, I mean, if you graft a plant, you're you're changing its genetics. So. That's another, maybe another oh, podcast man, that's topic. A whole other um, but anyway, so it will, but it it won't come back true. So it's going to be a non-desirable plant that you get. So that's why you don't ever save seed from hybrids. Man. But for open pollinated ones, Clemson spineless okra, we do that every year. So it grows. We let some of the um, okra, you know, when we're through harvesting it, we let some of the okra pods grow real long, um, let it frost on them, dry down completely, and then we'll pull those off and shell them out, and that's our seed for next year. Okay. That's awesome. Yep. I had a – there's a treasure trove of things we could talk about here as you've, as you've mentioned more information. One thing for me that's interesting to me that I think some people would like to hear about, herbicides uh, – or for pests, I'm sorry, not herbicides, but for uh, – what is it called? Seven dust. You know, most of the time we use seven <laughs> dust to, to keep the pests off of our plants. What is safe? You know, we hear so many things today. Right. What's your advice? Well, <clears throat> seven is pretty broad spectrum and has been overused for years and years and years. Um, so we typically try to not use seven. The active ingredient is in seven is carbaryl. And it's toxic not only to the bad guys, but to the good guys too. And so we're wanting to try to preserve our beneficials. So we use, um, we recommend using uh, pesticides, insecticides that are more, um, not as broad spectrum. We also recommend spraying um, latest in the evening as possible. 
Uh, that's because the bees have already gone to bed. Oh, we're so, saving the bees. Yes, okay, absolutely. You got to have your pollinators. Yeah. Um, and so if you want to spray when they're not active, and so they don't feed late at night or forage late at night, so they go to bed so you can spray late in the evening. And then uh, we may recommend using like a pyrethroid, um, one of the pyrethroid insecticides. And so they're pretty wow. um, specific to the pest that you're trying to kill. But the other point to mention is, you know, it's okay for your tomato to, or, you know, the tomato leaves to have a spot or two or your tomato fruit to not be perfect. Um, so that's one of the things that um, we have to learn as consumers. If there's a spot or two, Maybe I don't need to spray that. Um, now, if it's going to ruin the whole crop, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. But if you can tolerate it not being perfect, then you have less input. You're not spraying all the time. The more we spray, especially if we're using the same um, pesticide, um, those insects will build up resistance to that insecticide Just like a over bacteria time. or something like that? Absolutely, really? yes. And so... Um, there are also some other things you can do. Like if you have aphids, spray them off with water. Once you knock them off with water, it suffocates their body. They can't crawl back up. You don't ever have to use an insecticide. Um, and then there are some organic products. BT is a bacteria. It's sold under several different brand names, but one that you see most for the garden is called Dipel. And so if you have any kind of caterpillar pest, tomato hornworms, um, things like that, cabbage loopers, you spray that BT, um, the caterpillar ingests it, it's, it has to eat it, mm -hmm. and then it does, and it rots its gut out, and it only affects... Wow. Yeah, it only affects the um, <laughs> that's soft bone. It was, but that's how it works. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I tell you, you were talking about like water being a, a, a helpful, I guess, a destroyer, uh, kind of like in the, in the Red Sea. Maybe. Yeah, okay. But... Uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> made me think several years ago i was on the the wrong side of a business transaction between me and some yellow jackets oh yeah uh actually wanted the pot i pulled the thing up and there's two yellow jackets nest just attached to it and i've never seen so many swarming things so i go to dollar general and i go through 30 dollars worth of uh wasp which dollar general you go to um the second in the series of four okay dollar <laughs> generals well i'm sorry dollar stores um but I've, I'm, I've got all these empty cans, and they're just, they're still swarming around. So I get the hose pop, and I turn on them, but they start dropping. I just walk on them and end them. Hmm. Wow. Well, it, see, I crazy. didn't know that. I that is know. crazy. I mean, it's like they, they, they kept hanging out there just in a swarm. They didn't come after you. I only got hit twice mm. from the hundred that I saw, which I was pretty fortunate. Absolutely. So, but yeah, the, the, the hose pop. Interesting. 11 cents worth of water. I took them out. <laughs> After you had spent thirty dollars yeah, worth, worth of hornet spray, yuck. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Well, next time, was it a hornet? It was yellow jacket. Yellow jacket. So in the ground? No, it was in a flower pot. I just pulled the thing up. It was. She wanted the flower pot. Yeah, it sat out there on the ledge, the edge of the driveway. Oh man! I was like, hey, I want that. I was like, okay. Mm. Man. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. Any anything else for vegetable gardeners out there? You think that'd be beneficial right now? Oh. If you're going to buy seed, buy it early, which we're kind of like, some things are already out of stock, but I always try to buy mine as early as possible. And I usually, we have a lot of great local suppliers too, um, but I'm kind of one of those nerdy people. I want, you know, three of this kind of tomato and four of that one. So I grow my own transplant. So I'll buy my seed um, 
you know, January, February or so. And I order online because I can't find those locally. Mm -hmm. So, um, but it's, and, and maybe you want to do a blend of that. Maybe you want to buy some local and then try your hand at some new stuff that's um, available yeah. in the seed catalogs, but it's lots of fun. And then you can, uh, if you can cut it in the, the big takeaway from the pesticides is if you can cut it off with a pocket knife, probably to just keep your spray in the bottle, right? That, that's true. I'm, like I said, I'm not anti-pesticide. No, I'm with That's no, a good kinda, word. You're right. So. Because you're, you know, you shared something. So I'm thinking about the, for the pesticides, negative effects for me as the consumer, but you brought in the negative, more global effects of the pollinators right. and the different, different things. I see. I'm not even thinking about them. I'm yeah, just but thinking we gotta I don't have want them. cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Understood. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, and people typically think honeybees for pollinators, but we have mm. lots of other things that pollinate a lot of native bees pollinate flies pollinate. Um, we have other, you know, insects, actually wasps pollinate, mm -hmm. um, and even things like hummingbirds and bats pollinate. So we've got lots of different pollinators, and so we need to do what we can to try to protect them as well. I want to protect the bats. I went to the Cook Museum yeah. in Decatur, Decatur went yep. there on Friday. Bats eat a ton of mosquitoes. They do. I was blown away at the statistic. It was, I'm not going to say it because I'll sound stupid, but it was overwhelming at the amount of mosquitoes those those jokers eat in a night. It's crazy. Yeah. It's almost like their body weight or something. It's a it's ton. It's a lot. Yeah, some of the little critters that we don't like, they do a lot for us, and we don't even realize it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You could make me kill a bat after reading that. Yeah. I said, no, nah, we're going to keep those guys. We need more of those guys around <laughs> That's here. Right. Possum's a pretty good teammate, too. They, they, <laughs> they tear up the ticks, don't they? I think so. Okay. I like that. They keep our roads clean. Yeah. But then they litter them because, man, those those dudes are idiots. Yeah, yeah. they are. I mean, they, just, they see you coming and they just get, this is how they move out of the way. Yeah. I mean, you know, they just turn their <laughs> head to, to square up your reel, yeah. to your wheel. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for all that helpful information for the vegetable gardener people. You've, you've helped me, and I know you've helped them out there too. So lastly, we're going to go into landscape. So this is our third area. So what do you have for the landscapers out there? This is not my area. I'm going to be honest. So when you're talking about landscape, um, you know, we could be talking about trees. We could mm -hmm. be talking about shrubs. We could talk, be talking about annuals and perennials, which mm -hmm. are the flowers that you had mentioned. I like to weed eat those guys. No, <laughs> don't do that. Um, and Brad, you had mentioned crepe murder. Mm -hmm. So Murder. It's <laughs> terrible. It should be a crime. Yeah. It really should. Crepe murder ink. That's <laughs> right. Murder ink. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is the term that uh, we use to talk about crepe myrtles that have been pruned incorrectly. Um, so, and believe it or not, crepe myrtles don't have to be pruned. I know people think they do, but they really don't. I kind of have to because some genius planted ours under a power line. Yeah, so, so there's, there's a... There's something for that. That was what I was about to say. Pruning is never the answer for wrong plant, wrong place. Okay. So the take home for Chainsaw. this whole, um, well, yeah, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> okay. uh, permanent pruning. Um, but that's one of the things when you're talking about um, landscape and we're talking about plants, you have to think about, uh, and that's one thing probably we don't think enough about is the mature size. So we kind of want it to look instant landscape, right? So we, mm -hmm. we're going to plant a new area or we've got a new house and we want it to look completely grown in when we get finished planting. But you have to think that those plants are going to grow. And so planting a crepe myrtle on the corner of the house or under the power line is not mm -hmm. the way to go. Right. Yeah. yeah. Every, every two years I have to <laughs> give it a pretty good trim. 
Right. And by trim, I mean cutting two-thirds off the top. Yeah. So we try to stay away from pruning on crepe myrtles anything. Now, well, let me say it like this. We try to stay away from pruning anything that's kind of bigger than your thumb, like branch diameter. Okay. Now, if you've got branches that are rubbing, you want to take one of those out, and it doesn't matter how large it is. Or if you've got one that's broken or damaged, you take it out. And if you're trying to shape them up as they grow and you're trying to elevate that canopy, you could take out some larger wood. But typically, we don't like to cut anything larger than the diameter of your thumb once it reaches the look that it should have. Okay. Yep. Um, shift gear to a different kind of tree. The Leland Cypress. It seems like that's nature's privacy fence. Yeah. What are your thoughts on those? Don't plant them. Mm. Okay. I, I hear a lot of that with Bradford pears also. Oh, gosh, yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you cringed when you pulled in my front yard and saw three of them. Well. But they're pretty, we won't talk according about that. to my wife. Yes, understood. Um, so this is another topic that we might cover on a later podcast. But real quick, um, anytime you have a monoculture, that's a problem. And so what I mean by that is whenever people started planting Leyland cypresses, they planted thousands and thousands and so once you do that over time um it's kind of like if you've got a and i'm going back to my upbringing with cattle Mm -hmm. but if you keep the same genetics year after year after year they start going down as opposed to um becoming better so we have a bunch of inbred trees kind of so they're more uh, susceptible to pests and so because we had we didn't really have a lot of um horticultural diversity and there was a lot of Leyland cypress then there is a disease that they're prone to get um it's a root rot disease and once they get it there's nothing you can really do about it and okay. so that's because there's so many same thing with knockout roses um and then bradford pears unfortunately and don't tell ashley i said this um but they're just terrible they're a terrible tree um they're really weak and they branch all at the same spot. So then when you have wind that comes through, it knocks a fourth of it off. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will revert back to um, another species of that plant family. It's the calorie pear. And the calorie pear has thorns on it. They're like an inch mm-hmm. and a half long. Yes. Man. Yeah. So, I mean, it'll puncture zone. a yes. tractor tire. They're <laughs> yeah. terrible. My goodness. Um, so so how, how long does a, a Bradford pear usually live? Well, it depends on how many windstorms you have. Okay. They will so. split right down the middle, buddy, yeah, at some point. Mm-hmm. So nature will take care of these. They definitely they will. will. Yeah. Right. Just give them time. That's not a forever plant. No. Oh, not at so all. I, I said it wrong. I said a Leland cypress. Is it Leland? Leyland, Leland. Oh, okay. But did you I pronounce ha- something wrong down there? I did. I did. Well, welcome to the club. I do have a recommendation. So this is how that feels. <laughs> this is how it feels. <laughs> it happens yeah. so infrequently, you don't know, right? Mm. Uh, <laughs> I've almost been wrong a time or two. Um, but there are some plants that kind of have the same appearance um, that we humility. would recommend <laughs> to plant instead of a Leyland cypress. So um, Yoshino cryptomeria is one. There's some arborvitae that you I'm can I'm sure plant. Ashley knows all about that. Man, that sounded like something that's right of her yes. alley. Say that again. Which one? The, the one that sounded, the one that very sounded like a character Asian. from Mortal Kombat. Yoshino Cryptomeria. Man, it's a Japanese creator of Mario Kart. I felt like she was about to do a fatality on me. (laughs) Finish him. Beth wins. Yeah. (laughs) Flawless victory. That's good. All right, how about I'm just going to go through my other trees out there? Okay. Got the hackberry. 
That's a good one. Okay. Now, the, it will get aphids, and there will be some, um, you'll have some sooty mold and that kind of thing. So, should I take it to like a tree cardiologist? or No, just leave it be. It'll be fine. Did you say aphid? Or? No, I said aphid. Okay. Mm. Uh-huh. All right. So, yeah. aphid. Yeah. What's, what's aphid? Aphids are a little, aphids, yeah, sorry. aphids. They're on a roll now. <laughs> Look at how Man, things are deteriorating. I'm being humbled. Man, that's I right. went from proud and eloquent to, uh, yeah, <laughs> can't, even, can't even utter a word. Aphids are insect pests, um, okay. but hackberries are good trees, so right. I wouldn't worry about it. So the uh, the weeping willow, I know that you're not supposed to plant it near any kind of plumbing or septic lines. That is correct. Hmm. Do they produce, do mosquitoes like those trees? Not that I know of. Okay, good. All right. And for uh, homecoming week, what kind of tree should we plant if we don't want toilet paper to get hung up in it too easily? <laughs> I don't think there are any. Okay. Sorry. Every, so we just need to be them. able to, you know, defend the home turf. That's right. Okay. Yep. You've been warned. <laughs> it goes down. That's mm-hmm. right. Man, yeah. evidently I have a prime target here. I don't know if it's just because it's easy access or like, You're hey. probably not helping your case right we, now. Any, I don't. Oh, there's nothing. Like, there, there, this place is, this is kind of like the Hundred Years War over here. It's like yeah. the homecoming <laughs> destination. I got you. Kids love my, my trees for whatever reason. Well, well, my Bethany has a question. Okay. We had, now this is just what I call, and I don't know what the official name is, and I would hate to pronounce something wrong again, but I can a red you. top bush. That would be a red tip petunia. There you go. That's mm-hmm. your $5 pronunciation, uh, <laughs> pronunciation of it. All right, so we had one of those, Okay. and I'm talking about a root, I mean, not a root, a a base mm-hmm. this big, so it was a good one. Okay. So I gave it the old steel. Okay. Across the bottom, and we've had to let that root system kind of, because you know otherwise this backhoe oh, is yeah. huge. So you're letting it rot. Well, we got it up. Okay. And so now, my Bethany wants to know her question for the for the pro today. What would you advise her plant? So this is corner of a house. Okay medium sunlight there is a a decent amount of shade what direction is the corner facing oh my lands are you serious you don't know which way your house is facing i'm gonna say south okay all right it feels like south pretty sure okay so and the reason i ask because you're saying maybe sunlight medium Mm -hmm. sun so if you're facing west Obviously, you're mm-hmm. going to get more intense sun, even mm-hmm. if it's um, not as much. And so that would kind of counter um, that sun's going to be more intense. So mm-hmm. you can get away with um, a plant that needs full sun. If, you're, if you've got afternoon sun, then that would kind of um, even that out. It depends on what you want. So how much room does it have to grow? Well, see, that's one thing I want to say. I, we're not looking for, we're not looking to go big or go home here. Okay. Let's just have something manageable. So there's a lot of pyramidal hollies that do well. Uh, you see those on the corner of houses a lot. So like a Nellie R. Stevens, an Emily Bruner, a Mary Nell Holly. Um, wow. They kind of have that pyramidal shape. Um, they'll fruit. And so a lot of people will, you know, use the fruit in like arrangements at Christmas time and that kind of thing. Like a berry or something? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those red berries. And the bees actually love it too. They love the holly flowers and they'll... They'll forage on those. So those are good ones. Um, but anytime you're trying to figure out what pl- kind of plant to plant, like I mentioned when we were talking to Brad, you got to make sure you know the mature size, right? Mm-hmm. Give it enough room to grow. There you go. Um, sun versus shade. 
Some things will tolerate both. Some have to have full sun, especially a lot of our blooming plants. If you plant a crepe myrtle in the shade, it's not going to bloom. It's got to have sun for those um, flowers to open. Um, you know, it's it's good to know your soil pH, which is another reason um, to have your soil tested. Yes, is yes. it acidic soil or um, alkaline soil? Um, and then it's important to know how well is that going to drain. You know, if you've got good. soil that's... Um, more clay content it may hold a little more water and so there are certain plants that will tolerate that and then there's some plants like if you wanted to plant azaleas in an area that doesn't drain i would tell you you're wasting your money because they can't stand wet feet if their roots stay wet or don't drain um quickly enough they can't they can't handle it and they'll die over time let's talk about the dollar general of vegetation um privet hedge oh oh wow yeah, it's awful. Do you think it's another product for Satan? Just be honest. <laughs> Could be. It's a pestilence. There's nothing redeeming. Um, I don't think it has one redeeming quality. Besides it dropping a leg when we were well, little. Well, now that and works. It will light you I, I used to get those. Yeah. Um, bees do forage on bees. the flowers. Yeah. But here's the thing. And I used to think that too. And then I was talking to a colleague of mine. She said, yeah, but look at it like this. Yeah, they do forage on the flowers, but the privet displaces so much more native vegetation that the trade-off is not worth it because mm-hmm. they would forage on the native vegetation if it were there, and the native vegetation is much better for that no particular doubt. environment. Anything's than, better than privet hedge. Yes, so you, you just about have to like get a uh, chain and jerk it up by the root or get old Harvey well, from, from Auburn. <laughs> that's a little over the top. And well, that's, you know, that's a tough one for me. Yeah, she's a big Auburn yeah. fan. I know. I mean, I work for Auburn. I, I, know, I, know, paycheck, I know, I know, so, I know. Okay. Well, well, let's just be careful with it. Yeah. I'm just talking about how the stuff he used. I know, yeah. I'm not applauding him. <laughs> it, um. What did he use? Spike, Spike? ADDF. What? It, it was pretty potent, clearly. Yeah, he used the concentrate. Well, I figured when the guy went to prison that <laughs> it was <laughs> legit. <laughs> yeah. So, and did you know, like, is that a real thing? Like, can can normal people buy that? I don't know how he got it. That's restricted yeah. use, so I'm not real sure how he got it. Hey, no, hey, look, no, no hard feelings towards Auburn. We we all love oak trees. That oak tree can't help where it was at. <laughs> yeah, it's not his fault. It should have been in Tuscaloosa. Easy. Do y'all want me to finish this podcast? No. Yes. Look, we're just we're just good one. That's good. It's just. While we're on the privet hedge, I'll pull it back up on the road. Okay, good. I'm going to pull you. it back on the road thank here. You. I forget who I was talking to about this, so they don't know if it was Shane or something. But, so privet hedge grows well on the edge of the wood line. Mm-hmm. I mean, you drive in Alabama around where we're at, down there by your house. Yeah. It is there. Yes. But you get inside the woods just a little bit. Is that just a sunlight thing? It just it doesn't? Okay. Right. So on our place, mm-hmm. we had a bunch of red oaks that died over the last decade or so. And every it that used to be really heavily forested. Mm-hmm. And then when the red oaks died, privet just sprang up everywhere. Yep. So we're constantly fighting it with a bush hog and also with herbicide. You had asked about that. You can use... Um, a couple of different products you can use 41 percent glyphosate depending on like if it's a big privet plant you know i'm talking a trunk size with six or eight inch diameter mm-hmm. cut it off they get that big oh yeah they'll turn into trees um you can cut it off 
use the 41% concentrate. And I, when I say immediate, I mean immediately. As soon as you make the cut, wipe the sawdust off, take a paintbrush, and paint that 41% glyphosate on the trunk of the um, privet, hmm. um, and it'll absorb into it. And over, you may have to do it a couple of times. There are ways to get rid of it, but it is, um, it's a constant battle. Because it springs up from the roots, right? So you cut it off, and then you'll see it um, yes, push out new growth from the roots. As if so. it were, if they, as if they were, there were not enough berries on the tree. Right. Yeah. Then they grow for themselves exactly. too. Uh huh. It's the devil. Yep. Agreed. Well, before I forget, I keep on forgetting to ask you the the what we would consider the natural and the good herbicide. We've all seen the the cocktail formula online: Dawn vinegar salt and you said that's not a good thing no it's not a good thing um one if you look at like the ld50 which is lethal dose um for vinegar versus some of our um you know products herbicide products that are sold it's a lot higher so yeah it will kill um but you're pouring something that's a lot more toxic on the ground than using. And I, I mean, don't think I'm just like the spray queen and I just want to spray everything. Um, but we just have to be responsible with it. So, um, and when you're using those things, Dawn, vinegar, salt, whatever, um, you're using those off label. So those weren't meant to be used in the environment. And so, um, you just have to proceed with caution with some of those things. Um, like I said, the toxicity level on some of our, um, what we consider natural products are a lot higher than some of our um, herbicides that are recommended. Just because you can buy it at the grocery store don't mean you need to just go and use a ton of it on that however you want to use it. That's true. I can see how you get there, though. You think, well, why? you know, I put vinegar. Mm-hmm. I can pickle with vinegar. It's not going to hurt anything. Right. I got you. Moderation in all things. Boom. That's a solid yep. word there. Brad, you got anything else about that? That is it. I just need to get rid of privet and not use the stuff from the sink to do it there you go <laughs> well beth we're gonna we're gonna force you to stay through two more topics okay so you you've helped us so that's all that we have about the the lawn care vegetable gardening okay and landscape, and landscape. Right. but let's two more things before we close out the show so we'll finish with you just had a track meet right tell us uh, tell everybody about the track meet maybe some well, highlights it, it went well um it was the the first one we've hosted at Hayden in a number of years. Is it the first one at the new facility? Yes, it is. Uh, we had a, little, a small track clinic on it back in the summer, but this is the first competition that we've had on it. The only reason I wanted to bring that up was just to brag on our kids. They did such a good job. Uh, it, it was like, you saw it. Mm-hmm. It was like uh, someone kicked an heel. kids running everywhere, and our, our kids, mainly our varsity kids, they, they stepped up and they worked and did a, a really good job. Uh, giving the young kids a, an opportunity to compete. So, good job, y'all. And it was also a first for Robert Bradford. I got a picture. I've got a post. I went up there and took a picture of him in the booth. Uh, he All said right. that was his very first track meet to announce, or maybe track first middle school track meet. Yeah, uh, it was the first one he's announced at Hayden. He announced the county last year when ARAB hosted it for us. Okay. But, yeah, that's the first time he's been in that stadium to, to call a track meet. Did a great so I job. A, I got a picture of that. I'll post it up on the Instagram, the Hayden Out of My Podcast Instagram. Right. I, he's got me a good thumbs up up there. He's good. He's, he's always good. He is. Yeah. Yep. So that was good. And then we're going to conclude today, and this is something that you and I definitely and Brad's going to be able to weigh in. I was looking through the Hayden, Alabama, Facebook news, the group, 
And somebody asked the question, I believe it was posed as a question, does anyone remember the Piggly Wiggly and Hayden? And so I read the post, and honest to goodness, at first I went, Piggly Wiggly and Hayden, because it's been that long. Yep. So we just want to we just want to speak to that. So thank you. I, I didn't get the name, but thanks for bringing back a good memory. So you yep. remember the Piggly Wiggly and Hayden? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you, so where was it? You so it was just up the road. It's actually where the what used to, I guess where Witt's Tire and Penny's Pit Stop or whatever the and name of that place. One of is our now. Dollar Generals. Yes. Uh huh. Is there? So right. that, it was. It was a Piggly Wiggly, but not like the one in Warrior, no. or maybe you know, it was kind of a. Yeah. It was on the edge. Little. Piggly Wiggly. Ten buildings. So you walk in, and if you remember one thing that I remember that was very neat about it is immediately to the right was that booth. Yeah. Like the manager's booth, the manager's crow's nest. Yes, and absolutely. And they would set up in there, and then you go down to the left, and I believe the vegetables and stuff were yeah. down there on the left, and all the things. It, it was neat. It was. We had our own little grocery store. We had our own little grocery store, all kinds of things different brands and different <laughs> yeah. things. But one of my favorite things about the Piggly Wiggly is that you could also get your deer processed there. <laughs> yes, you could. So not, not only could you go and buy food, you could bring food into there and they would process it for you. But hey, man, I think it was 30 bucks. I don't remember. I think you could, I used to get my whole deer processed there for 25 or 30 bucks. That may be aging me a little bit, but that was a good deal. <laughs> And I think Brad had a Piggly Wiggly story you wanted to yes, share before we finished. This wasn't the same one, but... Uh, it's still a Piggly Wiggly Piggly story. Wiggly down in Warrior. Oh, Warrior. Yeah, before it was Fred's and before it... Okay. Oh, that's Midtown. Yeah, that's right. You were talking about the Piggly Wiggly and just reminded me of, you know, when we used to beg our mother to let us go to the store with her. Evidently, we were a little bit of a chore to, to handle no at, at, at the store. <laughs> But we promised, we, we'll be good, we'll be good, just let us go. We just want to look at the stuff. I don't know why. We, I guess that was the day before technology and it was just cell get out phones. Of the house yeah, in the we summertime. just wanted to go and look at yeah. all the two-liter Cokes at Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> anyway. We did have a few toys down the middle aisle. <laughs> right. Uh, but me and my little brother, Jesse, we went, you know, mom would always run into someone she knew at the store. And, mm -hmm. and, and a 30-minute trip to the store turned into an hour and 15 minutes after they got through talking. So we went and got our own buggy. And I, I was up in the buggy sitting, and he was pushing me through the aisles, and he got to going pretty fast. And I turned around to tell him to slow down. He needed to <laughs> take it down a gear or two. And when I did, I saw him just round in the corner. He had pushed, he had pushed he, you he, let he, go. Buddy, we had hit overdrive, and he <laughs> let me go. And I turned back around <laughs> and just dipped down into the buggy and, and braced for impact. <laughs> little end cap. Little oh display no. of Chips Ahoy cookies. Oh man! It looked like someone had <laughs> shot a. I don't know. It's kind of like Stick a dynamite millimeter. <laughs> yeah. So I, of course the cookies don't stop me at full speed. I go I go into the back. That's where the meat case was. I think. Oh man! I hit that thing and that thing flips up and I roll over sideways, roll out in the floor. There's chips Ahoy everywhere. It looked like there'd been an eighteen wheeler that had a wreck in the back oh. of the store. Who do I see come walking Your up? Your mother. Yes. How just much trouble she, did you get in? I don't remember it, so I must have been beaten must have severely. Yes, I bet she just was wanted to weep. What do you say? I don't know, but I would have. I just I can't say what I would do to my kids, <laughs> right? <laughs> and the uh, fact that I don't remember something bad may have happened to me. But <laughs> oh man, it, yeah, that's rough. It is. 
One thing, one of my favorite memories of going to Midtown Piggly Wiggly because that was we didn't go to the grocery store every day. We didn't oh, go no. to town every day. Going no. to town, I call uh, yep. that's that's a little bit small town for you. They're going to town. Oh right, from Hayden, absolutely. That was a big deal. It was a big deal. It but was. I remember I looked forward to it. I was like, oh, we're going to the grocery store, especially in the summertime. <laughs> you know, you didn't get <laughs> off the are farm. You, are you talking right. about the one in in Warrior or yeah, the one Midtown? In... Yeah, we're coming okay. down there. No shoes. Mm-hmm. So what did your feet look like? Grocery store feet. Grocery store feet, baby. I mean, they would just be just solid black. Do you remember the smell going by PVC? Oh, pizza video carry out. I have forgotten that. Oh, wow. Yep, I remember that. Let me bring you back another memory, and somebody out there may remember. If you remember this, give me me a comment. The pizza video carry out at one time had the Pepsi. It was a a thermos almost, but there was no insulator. Big white straw. And big screw on top, screw on top, and you could get that with your pizza for probably fifty cents. Oh, yeah. full of Pepsi. Yeah. I don't remember that. You don't remember that? I remember them. We probably didn't get to get those. So, well, y'all didn't sell enough vegetables that day. <laughs> I that guess the not. Problem. Didn't have any money. Didn't have no money. That's right. Get off them soda waters and grab that plow. <laughs> That's right. Get that tiller cranked up, girl. <laughs> but my mom, uh, one of my favorite childhood memories is so. You know, we washed them, put them in the cabinet, and then drank out of them again. Oh, we, of course, we weren't throwing them away. No. But we'd get some of that Barber's Old Fashioned, the gallon, the plastic one. Yeah. The round, you know, yes. plastic one. And in the summertime, she'd make milkshakes and mm. put them in that big old PVC Pepsi <laughs> thing and get the straw going. In the whole, one of my favorite memories. I still, actually, I would drink a chocolate milkshake right now. Just talking <laughs> about them. So, but anyway, good memories. Yeah. Piggly Wiggly, grocery store feet. Yep. Brad living his best life, just making his mom's life a nightmare with his brother Jesse. Yeah, wrecking cookies. Chips Ahoy <laughs> or bust. Yep. Well, all right. Well, Beth, hey, look, you, you've you really been a great guest. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. You've you, you've done Hayden a solid. We're proud of you. <laughs> Thanks. And uh, Blount County continues to benefit from your, your passion, your experience. And so, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't have done this. You may get more, more questions. That's okay. But that's, that's what, what I'm you here love for. That's to give right. back. Yep. Okay. You have any final word for the good people out there of Hayden, Alabama? Um, I just, I, not really. Just glad to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. And um, if I can help you guys in any way, let me know. Well, we're looking forward to you being a little closer in Cleveland. Yeah, I know. That'll be fun. All right. Yeah. Big for, things. Big things coming. Brad, anything from you? Got to get me a weed here. Get to work out there. I feel like I need to, I feel like I know better how to take care of my yard now. That behavior. Yeah, I say it right? You did. Right, we're going to conclude on that. So a little, little correct, right correct enunciation here at the very end. Well, all right. Well, hey, uh, this is Hey Now Bound Podcast. My name is Philip. I'm Brad. I'm Beth. And we'll see you next time. See y'all.